We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcast. It's the Corner Podcast, and you know what that means. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale coming to you with the Corner Awards 2020. We've done this every year for six years. This year is no different. Splitting it up this year, we're going to talk hip-hop to begin this show and pro wrestling, giving out awards for the year. A year that was a lot different than years prior. So it's going to be fun to go through all of the awards. We have to start this show off, though, and it's only right, giving a huge, huge just love and prayers to the family of Brody Lee. Brody Lee, professional wrestler. Uh, he's with AEW. Previously with WWE is Luke Harper. Passed away. This past week, um, after battling a lung condition for several months, it was kept under wraps for the privacy of his family, which uh, everyone should respect. Some people have not. But, um, you know, darts, prayers, everything is with Lee's wife, his kids, and the rest of his family. It's really affected the pro wrestling world. It's been all over Twitter. Um, Dre, I know we just talked about Brody a week ago two weeks ago and uh you've been mentioning for the past couple months like you know him hitting you up and you guys just talking about ufc when fights were on so it kind of hits home for the podcast yeah so you know i haven't talked about it much because out of respect to the family and i'm not going to claim to know brody better than some of the other people did i really just met him um around i want to say early this year before Probably around the time George Floyd passed. I met him through Big E. Um, and apparently he had been a fan of my work. 
and uh, saw me on the New Day podcast and some of the other stuff that I did. And I guess Ian Brody had been, you know, very tight. If anybody knows on Twitter, uh, Brody and E were very, very close. So it was through him because, you know, he was like, of all people who enjoy combat sports, you should talk to Brody. And he was like, Brody likes your work. And I was like, for real? I've been a fan of Brody since, you know, Luke Harper's, you know, since even before he came to WWE. So, uh, as the months went on, we, you know, we talked, we would, we'd joke about, uh, Moxie's affinity for MMA, like all the pro wrestlers who love MMA, we talked about. And, um, you know, me and E always have this joke because E only, Big E only plays like one video game. It's the EA UFC game. It's like the only game he plays all the fucking time. <laughs> and they, I guess they have tournaments in the locker rooms. And I know Brody, all those guys used to love that shit. So, you know, um, like I said, I don't know Brody like a lot of other people do. Uh, shout out to Emilio Sparks and Kaz who talked about him in great detail. Um, obviously E and some of the other wrestlers as well. But just my short interactions with him um, were, you know, a guy who was just super kind. Like he never needed to reach out to me. Um, he reached out to me just telling me that he appreciated my tweets one day. You know, he's just like, I just really appreciate what you tweet about. And, um, you know... I I would retweet him and not know this is even before I even knew he was paying attention uh, during when Brianna Taylor passed when George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery when he would say it's Tuesday you know what uh, what that means and I was like arrest my you know the killers of Ahmaud Arbery arrest Brianna Taylor he noticed that shit and um, so it, it just seemed like he was a good dude and I guess I could tell this story here now that you know he's he's gone and um, it's really it's still unreal to me that he's passed and it's Strange because somebody that you hear so much about and somebody who has left such an impression on other people, you come in contact with that person and you immediately recognize why this person is so important to other people. And in my brief interactions, I I got all that. So we'll talk about, you know, the whole art column that came out, some of these people just being wild about shit. But uh, in October... Me and Rody were talking about Khabib versus Gaethje a lot. And um, we were making our predictions and we were talking about UFC cards and the fights and everything that was happening. And in late October, um, before that card that week, we had been talking. And he was like, I'm not feeling well. You know, I would give him props about his matches with Cody. And um, I would joke with him about his ring gear. I was like, what's going on with your ring gear, bro? Like he would just, but he was very open and warm to all that shit. But the day of Gaethje Khabib, I had texted him and I said, uh, you know, you watching the fights. Let's talk about it. And because that's what, you know, me and E do as well. And, you know, a few other people, we we talk about it before I get knee deep in like my live blog. We just talk about the fights. And he hit me. It was like, I'm bedridden and I can't, you know, I don't think I'm gonna be able to talk tonight. So I'm going to I'll hit you up later. That's the last I heard from Brody. That was Saturday, October I want to say it was the 27th. And um, I heard what happened later. You know, a few weeks later, I was like, well, you know, reaching out to people. I was like, what's going on, Brody? I didn't hear from Brody. And then I found out they had a condition. And um, without going into great detail, I said, I told, <clears throat> you know, those who told me, I'm going to respect the man's privacy because that's how I function. If something ever happens to me, if something were happening to me right now, y'all would not know about it. Those are who are listening. Kel will be lucky if he knows about it. Depends on how significant it is. 
Um, but I respect that kind of privacy because you don't want people worrying about you. And I understand that. And you don't want people speculating about you, especially with COVID going on. And I found out that it was, in fact, lung condition and he had never tested positive for COVID. So which will lead us to our next part. But knowing that he's gone and how it came, you know, right after Christmas and um, talking to the people who have been close with Brody, it's it really puts an exclamation point on fuck 2020 because it's not just COVID. It's not just, you know, Ahmaud Arbery. It's not just Breonna Taylor. It's not just George Floyd. It's not, it's just, you know, it's not just, um, damn. Like, I mean, fuck man. Everybody feel like they died this year. Chadwick Boseman. It's not just like everybody's gone this year. 2020 has really done a number on us. So to include this before we move on to the next thing, I, I kind of tweeted about this. If, I am notorious for homie checks. I and I try to do the best that I can. While I just reach out to people and be like, "Yo, just checking to see if you're good." Um, and if you don't do that, you probably should. And if somebody doesn't respond, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not their friend. It may just mean that they're busy. And some people do appreciate. It. Some people are dicks. They don't. But if any of you have ever supported anything that I've done, listen to this podcast, um, like to tweet. Uh, been to a wrestling with stereotypes, read an article, bought my book, anything. I appreciate the hell out of y'all because you never really know where the support is going to come when it's time to go. And I know listening to and reading the tweets about all the people that Brody supported, um, that supported Brody and Brody loved selflessly. Um, that's the type of person that I want to be. And I think that's important for all of us to leave an impression on other people's lives. And, you know, I hope his family finds a way through this. I, I can't imagine what it's like because he loved those boys. And he talked to me about it. We talked about being dads. And it's um, it's a damn shame, man, that these things happen. But you just never know when your time is up. And it doesn't have to necessarily be from COVID. You know, uh, Shay died, you know, saving his son. Like, uh, Naya Rivera died, you know, in his boating accident. It's like you just never fucking know. So... This is long-winded, but I, you know, I just want y'all to, to be safe and know that everybody who's ever listened to this show, I appreciate y'all. I really do. And I hope that we, me and Kel have done something to impact your lives in some way, shape, or form, whether it's just a silly-ass conversation or if our talks about race have sparked something for you to have a conversation with other people or just introduce you to a different combat sport. You know, that this is what we do. It's therapeutic for us just like it's therapeutic for y'all. Nah, well said, man. Well said. It's... uh. It's wild because we're almost a year deep in this pandemic. And um, like you said, we lost many people for many different reasons. But now it feels like, I don't know, like personally and for a lot of people I know, like the walls are kind of closing in. Like it's getting too close to home for many different reasons. And too many people getting sick and just out of the blue, you don't know when people are sick or stuff is happening it's been a very, very weird year with that. And um, I look forward to 2021, hopefully just a, a ray of lights. I hope everyone gets better. I, You know, this news is just, it's unsettling. It's almost unbelievable when I heard about Brody. But much like Chadwick Boseman, where it's just like so out of the blue. That you're just like, what the hell just happened? So, um, yeah, I again, the best to his family and everything. Personally, I'm ready to get the hell out of this year and return to 
some normalcy and, and let's go out there and be safe and rejoice and enjoy each other. Um, you know, I, I appreciate reaching out to everyone and checking on them, but there's nothing like seeing people in real life. Like, man, think of the times we just randomly pop up, you know, at your crib and you have gatherings and we eat and we're joking and shit, we can't watch Wrestle Kingdom together this year. <laughs> no. Like, you can't just pop up at your crib and watch Wrestle Kingdom and you order a bunch of uh, deep dish pizzas, which aren't really pizzas. Um, But, you know, we just eat and drink and have fun and watch Wrestle Kingdom all fucking day at your house. But can't do that this year. It's such a weird year, man. Such a weird year. So, yeah, um, you know, and one other thing is like, it's strange because for me, I mean, I can only speak for myself in this, and Kelly, you can chime in. Uh, my year ended in terms of like, I've been busy, of course, but March seventh, it was it. I think it was March seventh, the day after that UFC card. Yep. With Joanna and Willie Zhang, um, that was it. I have not seen anybody, anybody that I know in the flesh since then. That's nine months. I haven't seen anybody. And this is coming from a person who the last two years was on the road, like two weeks out the at every month at least. Like I was traveling a lot, moving around a lot. Um, so it's 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 great because I've got to spend time with my daughter and my wife, and you know. But it's strange because I'm used to seeing people, and like talking to like Brody, it was like, man, you know, WrestleMania worlds around. You know, hopefully you can link up. That's never gonna happen. It's never yeah. gonna happen. Like, all the, those things are just not going to happen now. They're gone. And there's nothing I can do to stop it. So it's like, you know, some people don't really value uh, relationships. Um, I do. You know, the ones that I care about. and cause, Because, as you guys know, very fucking private. So the ones that I do care about, I really, truly do value those relationships. And the support that I do get is because I always look at situations like, I don't know why y'all listen to this podcast. I don't know why you read the things that I write. I don't know why you support anything that I do. So because that you do, I appreciate it. But hopefully, you know, when things get to some semblance of normalcy and we can do a wrestling with stereotypes panel, we can do, you know, whatever it is that we do where we actually meet the people who have supported us, you know, don't ever i've had like a few people was like oh, i was scared to ask you for a photo don't please don't ever not like first of all i'm not fucking nobody to take a photo of this is just a shot with the homies that's just kind of how i look at it you're just taking a shot with the homies i ain't no celebrity for nobody to be taking a picture of but speak because you are appreciated speak you know and, and you goddamn right i can't wait till this thing is over and we can have a hangout at the crib and you know what I'm saying? Like, I, man, I, my daughter has gotten so much bigger and nobody has seen her. None of y'all absolutely have seen her. But, you know, only you guys have seen, like, my close friends have seen her in pictures and short videos that I text them directly. Yep. But not in the in the flesh. It's crazy. This it's, It is really crazy. And Brody's passing is just another instance that reminds you, like, none of this shit is given. Life is super short. So, you know, spend every minute like with that individual, like it could be their last, not just yours. It could be their last moment with you. No, exactly. Uh, by the way, if you want to take a picture with me, Corner Club members know this. I will get you drunk after said picture. So um, <laughs> there will there will be drinks had because yeah, we're just chilling after that one. But no, nah, yeah, it's, it's so much missed wrestling. The WrestleMania weekend 2022 is about to be the wildest shit we've ever seen, ever. 
Sure ever, because so. it's not going to happen this year. It's no. not. But LA 2022, oh boy, I could I could see it now. A year from now, it is going to be crazy, and I can't wait to see everyone. Can't wait to see live wrestling and just wild out and enjoy it, because. I'm sure we'll be on the road doing what boxing and MMA and covering that before then. But there's nothing like going to just wrestling and not working and just checking out the indies and going for a whole week and knowing we don't got shit else to do but like hang out and watch random, you know, barroom professional wrestling. Yeah. So can't wait, man. It's it's going to be good. All right. Now it's time to get into the awards. After we did all that, it's been a while, so Wait, hold on, hold on. We we, we got to do one more thing. We got to do one more thing. First, yeah, pop that. Uh, Also, you know, we talk about a shitty year, but the passing of Shabadu, man. Like, what the fuck? Ozone from Breaking, for those who don't know. Ozone from Breaking and Breaking 2. Legendary choreographer, dancer, actor. Adolfo Gutierrez, Shabadu. Fucking crazy. Posted a picture on Instagram yesterday. Said he tested negative for COVID. Yesterday, meaning Tuesday, yeah. uh, tested negative for COVID. Just he's feeling better. He was sick, but he was feeling better. This morning, he's dead, which is Wednesday as we're recording this. Not even 24 hours later. Wow. This is, you um, know. Someone from Gilligan's Island passed, too, from COVID. Yeah, she was like, I'm not saying <laughs> that she was old. <laughs> yeah. I'm but just I, saying, like, Shabadu like, was like 60. And it was like, it's crazy because he, you know, people thought he had COVID. He tested. He tested negative. And then he dies the next day. Yeah, it's COVID's a weird motherfucker, yo. I feel like it, it's it's really feeling like it knows it's the end, and it's just trying to go out and fuck shit up before it's over. Yeah. So so yeah, Adolfo Canonias, uh, uh, you know, rest in peace, uh, your family. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. Like I watched that <laughs> when I was a kid. I watched that movie a billion times because I couldn't figure out how the fuck. Turbo was dancing on it, you know, like dancing on the ceiling and shit. So I really wanted to learn how to do that. And um, you know, I love that movie. Except for Kelly. I didn't like Kelly. The white girl. You were a dancing ass kid. Yeah, I was. Well, and not at first. I was trying to learn because I was like, how the fuck do I do this shit? So I was like trying to make my broom stand up and shit. And it just never worked out. But that movie was like a classic. That was one of my introductions to like the culture. And me watching that those videos, those uh, breaking and breaking to over and over and over and over and over again, trying to do those moves. So like Ozone looked like me was light skinned dude. So I was like, man, I want to be like that cat, you know, yeah. fucking silly ass cowboy hat dancing and shit. I didn't really want the white girlfriend like Kelly because I was like, who is this coming over here doing ballet shit during break dancing? But the movie was classic, man. So, yes, another person like it's it's. It's December 30th as we were recording the show. And it's like, I'd like to say this shit is over, but somebody could go tomorrow, which would be New Year's Eve. This is nuts. Yeah, it's wild. Um, what's crazy is, random fact, when I moved from the Bronx to Vegas, one of the first things I realized was Vegas has one hell of a breakdancing community. Yeah, it does. And I never knew that. I was like, oh, oh yeah. shit, y'all breakdance out here? Yeah, breakdance exactly. is huge in Vegas. Jabberwockies was a breakdancing collective that we used to, like, we used to all have these parties called the Get Back at the spot called, um, at the Beauty Bar, uh, years ago. Oh, all yeah. those cast was there. Yeah. yeah, strong, strong community of breakdancers here. So I, I know a lot of the homies are crushed because, yeah, man, you just hate yeah, to see wow. cast like that go. Wow, Makes you feel wow. old, too. It, it does. We're, I mean, we're getting old. You, you older than me. So, um, <laughs> 
fuck, what awards do we want to start off with? Let's start off with Hip Hop Awards then. Now that we're talking about music and breakdancing, this was a weird year for hip hop. We we got to talk a lot more music in general, a lot because of the versus battles, right? But a lot of that that we spoke of this year was kind of like reminiscing and nostalgic and who's your top five this, who's our Rushmore that. The music that came out this year, I think more so than ever, which I, I still don't understand why, was here today, gone tomorrow. And it's weird because we had nowhere yeah. to go. Like for the first time, we could have sat with music. But it just seemed like so much came out in volume that this was probably the hardest year. Again, six years we've done this. This was the hardest year I've had picking out best artist, best song, best album. Yeah, there was too much. Like it's still because of COVID, because of everything else going on. It was like, yo, man, like Mac Miller's was that swimming or circles was like in January. Like that shit that feels like January? two years ago. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Exactly. That. So seems yeah, like it, it's a tough year ago. too. <laughs> All right, but we're gonna try to get through the list. Let's see, male artist of the year for 2020. The corner award goes to. For me, I said I'm biased. Fuck it, I don't care. I'm giving it to Royce. Starting it with the album, um, what top three album of the year for me, and then ending it with the Toby verse was just fucking nuts. Watched the podcast with him and Lupe, which if people know him and Lupe are two of my favorite artists of all time. Regardless, like they're my top five personal list. Them having a podcast and hearing them talk and um, just seeing the evolution and the growth of Royce, whether people like it or not. This is a Royce that has something to say in every track. He's done several features since he dropped the album, crushed them all. And he's always saying something. It has so much depth and resonance into it. It's not just drug dealing rap. It's not shoot em up rap. It's not I'm just better than you lyrically rap. He's really well-rounded into bringing his personal life and what's going on in society into raps. And uh, I, I think he's my male artist of the year. I know he's my male artist of the year for 2020. And I hope he wins the Grammy. Um, yeah, I agree with you. He's my male artist of the year. Um, Runner-up was Freddie Gibbs uh, because Gibbs has just been crushing everything. But, um, and then follow I couldn't package Griselda together. I know. If I could have packaged them together, they would have won. And yeah, I mean, almost any other year probably would have been Kanye. You know, I mean, because he was smoking shit and Benny the Butcher had one of my favorite albums this year as well. But yeah. Royce just doesn't fail. Like, he just doesn't show up and come with some bullshit. Like, even if you listen to the Eminem, like, this is the year the Deluxe album, and it's kind of absurd that everybody's doing this. <laughs> but even if you listen to the Eminem Deluxe version, those Royce spots, he kills it. Kills it. So, yes, that is easily my male artist of the year. One of my favorite rappers of all time. Yes. Uh, hands down, he deserves this. But I, I could see a very valid argument for Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. Freddie Gibbs, Royce, any member of Griselda. You got me on that one. Um, female artist of the year for 2020. This is easy. This, It's not as easy as you think. Not for me, it is. I'm assuming you're going to make the stallion. Yes. 
I will say, I, I will go Meg just because it's hard to argue against that. But I would say, and I'm not a huge fan, but in terms of hits, in terms of relevance, Mulatto had one hell of a year. Not even touching Meg, though. Mulatto had a good year, but come on. Meg had Savage this year. WAP, Savage? They're, they're identical. No. Savage was last year. Savage was no. bleeding into this year. But Oh, okay. Savage, I mean, WAP, Savage, Body, even if you hate it. I like hate that song with the passion. I hate it too, but it, I can't front on it. Like, she had a huge year. Then she had the album where she directly uh, took shots on, you know, Tory Lanez. And the opening track was actually kind of dope. I can't give it to anybody else but Meg this year. Her presence would, like, she was undeniable. She may not be my favorite rapper, but I can't deny the impact Meg has had on the industry as a whole as a woman. And, and as an artist, period. Like, again, the Tory Lane situation was this year. She got shot. I forgot she got shot. Yeah, man. I can't give it to Mulatto. Mulatto didn't get shot. Got Tory Lanez ain't shooting Mulatto. No, no, no. Mulatto ain't eating two shots and keeping it moving the next week like it's nothing. No. Not at all. So, yeah. No no question to me is mixed. (laughs) Yeah, no. Okay. She gets female artist of the year. What hell of a year for female rap artists, even though it's not like my... Think, like I think a lot of them sound the same now. Um, everyone wants to do a Megan The Stallion ad lib. The ah, like that shit's everywhere. Like I, I don't get it. But um, City Girls had crazy year when Old Girl came out of prison, I guess. And uh, yeah. they hit the ground running. Mulatto had a year. Uh, I just heard like this crazy Sweetie song that's everywhere. I didn't even oh, know yeah. she was an artist. I thought she was just what um, the Migos do. <laughs> Fuck if I know the song is everywhere. So female artists in general, like if I'm big on that genre winning and and not having to beef with each other. We talk about this all the time before. Like there always had to be one, right? Like there couldn't be multiple. Like there had to be one female rapper at a time. Like this year saw like eight of them pop up, and all they're all eating, they're all winning. So I like it. We'll see what happens when people go on tours again. I'm sure that shit's gonna be crazy. Festival sets twerking everywhere it's gonna be uh, a good time because of the female artists so that'll be cool song of the year for 2020 see this is a weird one because one it's not weird because i i know what the song of the year is may not be my going off a lyrical skill we never do no like to me it's pretty easy that the box is the song of the year i don't know how anybody's even questioning Another song that was bigger than the box this year. Than the box? Yes. No. No. Okay. So yeah, we're on polar opposites. What's your song of the That's year? What's the, what was the biggest song of twenty twenty? Oh, what's popping? Mm. No. Remix to be exact. No. Easy. The box Easy. broke every Harlo, goddamn record. Harlow crushed that shit. Yeah. No. It was a big song, don't get me wrong. It was a song of the summer. The box was a song of winter, spring, summer. That song didn't go away for 50 weeks. Yeah, that yeah. shit. I mean, it, it hit the earth hard. People love that Roddy Rich album. Um, but yeah, I was... I don't know. One, I don't like the song, but that's just personal opinion. I can't bring that into it. That has nothing to do with it. But I still think... 
just if, if we had a summer, what's popping would have crushed that shit. Dog, if we had, if we were able to go outside in the box, like the box was popping when nobody could even go outside. Yeah, like, no, that was strict lockdown. Yeah, like the box, I, there's to me, there's no song that was bigger than the box. And anybody who debates that, I was like, I don't know what you're listening to, including you. I, look, what's popping was a great record, the remix. Don't get me wrong, but the box was like stayed on top of Billboard for weeks, almost a year. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, f- and and even Roddy, even though Roddy Rich is not a, a rapper that I particularly like, I can't deny that song. That shit comes on. I'm I'm doing the same shit. My nephew's doing it. Everybody's doing that shit. That's that is the song of the year. Period. It's up there. That's now you're making me think. Again, this is a long ass year that did have like two seasons. Like where it was constantly, it's still played, and that shit dropped in like February. Ain't going away. What's What's popping is huge though. Ah, that's that's tough. And this year didn't have that many bangers. Again, we didn't see a Drake album, right? Um, even though we had a couple singles from Drake. Life Not Cry Lady was we close. Didn't see Kendrick. No, we. I mean, the only like Wap the only was other song, big, but Wap it, it was big quick. Yeah, WAP was big, but the other other song that I would put on like my personal list of like song of the year that I think everybody liked was Deep Reverence, Big Sean and Nipsey. I really, really like that good. fucking song. Yeah, that's yeah. like my personal favorite. I think on my um, Apple Music, I think that's the most played rap song for me this year. I play that song a fucking lot. Wow, nah, that shit is dope. I can't even knock it. That was the best song on the album. It was yeah, that was fucking good. It's been a a good year of like music though like without the big heavy hitters really really got into again we get freddie gibbs we get all the griselda dudes dropping projects um i love that toby album an Igwe album that dropped uh that royce single by the way with him and black thought is fucking nuts oh but so there's there's really good good music that dropped this year and it was a good time again we we're inside um I still got to sit down more with the Cuddy album because it was cool. Not a fan of Cuddy. Listen, there's so many people who are like, "Did you like the Cuddy album?" I'm like, "I don't like Cuddy," and everybody's like shocked by it. But you don't yeah, like Cuddy. you told me this story. I am not a fan wait, of Cuddy. You told the story on the podcast that you went to Kid Cuddy album like listen party, party or the song. night the night that Kendrick murked Charles Hamilton. I was at a Kid Cuddy listening session. Miserable. I feel like that's why you don't like Kid Cudi. Out of strange, maybe, maybe so. I just I didn't like the album. I'm and it's not like day. And, it's so weird because I loved Day and Night when it came out. I loved Day and Night. Poker Face I liked too. But then it was like I heard the album and I was like, all right, it's cool. It's not bad. I'm just not a fan. Like when people be like, oh, I love Cudi, and I I I guess I get it with other people. Me, don't hit me like it doesn't resonate with me like it does everybody else. That's fair. That album was so dope, though. It's so crazy. <laughs> All right, no cutty for you. Uh, that brings yeah. us, I mean, I know who's not winning this for you. Album of the year. My album of the year is The Allegory. I went back and listened to it a few more times. And I was like, yeah. It was either that or Benny the Butcher's Burn to Proof. And I played them both back to back. I played them a lot. And they're interchangeable. 
and then Alfredo, and then I Conway. Say Alfredo's up there. Yeah, it's it's those albums are almost interchangeable. But right now, like I went back and I, like I listened to Fubu a lot. Like Royce and Conway destroy that shit. They destroy that shit. But that Dope Man joint, the opening joint, like. Yeah, Allegory is my favorite album. But if you were like Bandana or Burden of the Proof or um, God to a Man, like pfft, I'm not gonna argue with you. Conway's album is fucking incredible. I just went back and listened to that, the deluxe version. Like these songs that he added to are even even dope as well. So yeah, those only four albums that, that made my list. Oh, Still Got Cooks as well, which I went back and listened. To. I was like, yeah, this. I still cool. haven't heard that. Yeah, it's man. It is the. You talk about. Like we had a show where we talked about rappers who talk about slang and coke and dope and shit. Yeah. Dope boy rap? Yeah, he's up there. This whole album, he like likens like, selling dro- stove god. Yeah. <laughs> like he likens selling dope to like being in a ballet. It's like to the glass slipper Cinderella. Like it's absolutely bananas how many ways this man can talk about selling coke. Interesting. In Pyrex. It's it's worth your time. That Boldy James, <laughs> um, the price of tea in China is on my list as well. Um, but yeah, it comes. It really comes down to the allegory, and it might like next week you could ask me, and I might flip right back to burn the proof, because Benny destroyed that shit. See, so mine is Alfredo allegory going back and forth. I just listen to allegory more, so there it is. Like I, I mean, allegory to me, I'm a huge stickler on replay value, and I feel like it had replay value. I like the story told throughout. The, the way it was composed and put together is, and this is going to be funny, is a lot like a Kendrick Lamar album. It's oh, kind of like Good Kid, Mad City. It's like um, Section 80, where it takes you through that fluid story with the tracks. And then in between tracks, uh, Kendrick does it you know, with the skits at the end of every song. But Royce did it kind of with the skits in between songs. And it tells the story throughout the album. Yeah. And it was... That was just amazing the way he did it and pieced it together. So it was made to me a lot like a Kendrick album. And the only knock, and I see people say this a lot, which could separate like the Freddie Gibbs joint and put it above sometimes for me, is that Royce is still very new as a producer. So producing everything, even though it doesn't throw me off, um, it's very carried by his lyrics and then the guest appearance lyrics. The beats don't stick out to me except for um, Fubu and uh, what was the single? Uh, the joint that's super dope. I don't know. The one with T.I. and Psy. Oh, uh, uh, Black whatever the fuck. I can't even think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just... <laughs> <laughs> that song is so fucking dope but um, I drew a blank but those two beats are incredible to me the rest I, I can understand he's just coming into his own as a producer as a beat maker and you go to the production on Freddie Gibbs album and it's fucking bananas yeah, so the fair. production really is a lot different when you're listening to it um, even that Conway album I really like the production on the Conway album more so than I the mean, Benny album he took chances. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just, I'm really big on Hit Boy's production this year. Like, he caught a lot of bodies. And Nas is ex- actually on my did. short list, too. I, I went back and listened to Nas' album a few more times. I was like, this is actually, this is a really good Nas album. I enjoyed yeah. Nas' album, but it's still. Maybe it's I have still, it backwards. It might be the Benny album that has the crazy production. I, they both um, do. They both do. 
but no, Benny's the one who took chances and went out of the box. Because there's like yes. some songs that you're like, I had never heard a Griselda dude rap over some shit like this. Yeah, because Hit Boy but produced it works. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had it wrong. Benny's album. So, I mean, that's Alfredo. If you want to put them over Royce because of production, I'm not mad. But I like the story that Royce tells. So Allegories, my album of the year. Um, one I didn't have on here and we'll touch on right before we go to break is who is your breakout artist? Shit, I don't know. Like, like that's, you know, when Maybe you said that God kid. Yeah, Stove God probably. Stove God. Stove God. Yeah, Stove God probably be the breakout. Um, cause I think he's got so many people now really interested in what he's got to say. And I can't give it to anybody in Griselda. Like breakout is such a strange category. It's like best new yeah. artist. And it's somebody that has like three albums out. And it's like, I've heard three other albums. They're not new. So <laughs> I, yeah, probably, probably Stove got Boldy James also had a hell of a year, but he's been around for a minute. It's just, I guess he's had a breakthrough album. Um, yeah, yeah. Stove got that okay. Yeah. Mine. I mean, since I forgot who it was in the corner club, put me up on him in like February. Shout out to you. Uh, I got to go back and listen to the episode. I forgot who the hell it was. But uh, to- Toby Inigwe is definitely my breakout artist of the year. Like the BET Awards performance was fucking crazy. And he murdered it when he performed Eat. And then uh, he performed like this little interlude in be- before it. That shit was crazy. Following it up. With the Black Thought track. He has a track on the album um, that's like right. It's sandwiched in between those. And it's him and Big Crit. And that song is just amazing as well. So Toby, his album is great. And I think this is just the start for him. Um, And I like his whole persona. Him, his wife Fat is always with him. They have a great social media presence. That shit is really dope. So as soon as we can see concerts again, I'm buying the ticket. So I can't can't wait for that. That's going to be dope. But to me, he's my breakout artist. Alongside, if I had to go pop culture-ish, Mulatto took off this year. Yeah. I'm and I can't deny Mulatto. it. She had a big year. You saw I'm her on the rap saying. show, though. Yes. I you, watched her on the rap You told me I, about her, that she yes, can fit. She was, but she was a completely different rapper on the rap game. <laughs> if you watched the rap game, it was like, you know, it was like a little girl. She, you're not a little girl. She was like 16. She's trying to rap. You know, she's trying to get put on. And she well thought out. And, you know, she wanted to be uplifting. And then it, then I looked and I was like, wait, who is this? Is that the same person? My goodness. All right. Yeah, my, my goodness. That's that's a good word. She kills the 2 chains joint, though. She does. Uh, yeah, like some fucking quarantine thick or whatever. She bodies that track. So she got to have some consideration. Um, let's take our quick break. When we come back, handing out our pro wrestling awards. This year was splitting categories a little different. So we'll tell you guys all about it when we come back. Stay right there. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. 
And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, just that quick, we are back. It's time to talk wrestling. Hand out our 2020 year-end awards for pro wrestling. So the way we're splitting it this year is because so many promotions crushed it. We have AEW having a full year. Um, NXT moving to television. We have uh, main roster, of course, New Japan, which kind of took a long hiatus due to the Rona. But on both ends was crazy and so good that we're going to give out each promotion's own awards in our last segment. So we're going to really break it down and give awards for each promotion. But this segment, we're starting with the overall awards, how we do every year. So taking into account Impact, ROH, any promotion you can think of, including the major four right now, we are giving out our awards, starting with Male Wrestler of the Year for 2020. Trey, who is your guy? Last year, I didn't pick Moxley. He ended up winning PWI. So this year, I actually think my guy is going to be number one PWI when it's all said and done. You're probably right, whoever you're going to pick. The person I'm going to pick probably isn't going to win it. But I think when I looked at the body of work from this wrestler this year, it's Kota Ibushi. Oof. Between, even with the hiatus. With the hiatus. Wrestle Kingdom, the match with Okada. Yep. Uh, G1, where he slaughtered it. And everything else he's done has been top tier. He hasn't been as visible as a lot of other wrestlers. But in terms of the work itself, I think nobody's had a year of great wrestling like Kota Ibushi. Now, I can see the person that you may pick being the PWI number one for a different reason. But he was only around for half a year as well, if this is who I think you're pointing at right now. That is very true. So you're talking about Roman Reigns, correct? I'm talking about Roman Reigns. It wasn't broken up, though. That's the difference. When he hit the sprint, it was a full-on sprint. There was no, like, okay, we hit Wrestle Kingdom, oh, this is great, and then we don't see anyone until August. Shit, September this year, right? Like, it, it was a long hiatus. It was. It but, was. So I have no issue with you picking Roman Reigns whatsoever. The character changed immediately. And the way he came in and won the titles, like, okay, really? Like, just going to hand him the belt as soon as he gets back? And now I'm like, yep, right decision. This should have been done years ago. Year, I think you pointed out, once he beat Taker... 
and people booed him out of the building. He said, this is my yard. This should have been the Roman Reigns we got. Yeah, they fucked that up. That night. And they fucked up, but they had to wait for his heel teeth. So I <laughs> forgive them. The heel teeth makes the gimmick. Now we see Roman Reigns being who he truly should be, the tribal chief, the head of the table. Man, just a cherry on top with this Kevin Owens feud to end the year. That shit was great. I like the the cage match they just had. Yeah. On SmackDown. Everything was great. The Uso stuff. Whoever not having fans so they can really just flesh out the character. Miking Roman Reigns up during matches is the best. He never uses a microphone. He just talks. Yeah. And they amplify his voice. He's genius. The man doesn't need a mic. He just says it. You better hear him. So character work and in-ring work. He's done one hell of a job in ring. I've always said Roman Reigns is really good at gimmick matches. And this new iteration has allowed him to have a ton of gimmick matches. Yeah, Doug, I have no argument whatsoever with Roman Reigns. I just found myself watching the Kota Ibushi Okada match. And I found myself watching Ibushi's run through G1. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, he was, just in terms of his work, was incredible. But when you, put the, when you say the whole package, yeah, like... Roman should be PWI number one. I I, I I can't even argue with it. I just I just think Kota had better matches, and not even by like a, a lot. Just my favorite matches were all had something to do with Kota Ibushi for the most part. But Roman Reigns, if that's your pick, I, pfft, look, I don't care. I may again. This is another thing where I could go. Ah, eh, Roman Reigns probably the rest of the year. I wish he would have showed up a little bit sooner, but who cares? What did he show up? SummerSlam. Yep. He was here um, for four months. Yeah, no, the pay-per-view before SummerSlam. Oh, he did yeah. a run-in. No. And, yeah. I thought it was SummerSlam where he did the run-in at the end, where he returned. Mm, I thought it was the one before. Oh. I thought him and Jay had their first match at SummerSlam. Mm-mm, no. They had their first match at... They had their first match at... Was it no, Hell in a September, Cell? September Hell in a Cell was the second match. They, okay. You might be right, cause I'm. Well, no, because he he had the run in at SummerSlam, and then they had a, a pay per view directly after that. Remember, this is how twenty twenty. I think is. they did have back to back pay per views for no reason. Because that's when he he beat the fiend and Braun Strowman, and we haven't seen Braun Strowman since. Um, <laughs> but it was like the, I think he went to Raw right after that. Yeah, they had they had the draft, so I thought I think it was SummerSlam where he came back. At the end of that match, and then they did the three-way at that pay- dumbass SummerSlam. Yep, SummerSlam. Roman Reigns returns and attacks Braun Strowman. Yeah, see? He's been here for four months. It's August 20th. Four months. Four months Roman Reigns has been here, but it's been a <laughs> hell of a four months. God damn, that's a sprint for four months. Yeah, yeah, I mean, shit, you're right. You know the crazy thing? If it wasn't for Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre would probably be my wrestler of the year. I don't know. That's tough. <laughs> Drew had a hell of a year. And then something happened with the second half of that Orton feud when all the legends came in and that dumbass ambulance yeah. match. And I was like, oh. And then, then he, lost. he lost the belt and then got it back like three weeks later. It's It's been silly. This is one of those things where it's just not his fault. It's yeah, not it started fault. off real hot. And it ended okay. Yeah, I mean, it's been a good run. But, yeah. Yeah, that's all bad. Damn, Drew's had a good year, though. I can't not. Yeah. Orton's had a really good year. I mean, he killed a man. <sighs> We're not going to do that. That's this. not. How could you argue against that? 
He set a man on fire. He he may have set a woman on fire. Thank God we're Still not talking. We'll, we'll save raw. Like it's been, <laughs> man. Yeah, Mm-mm. he may have set a woman on fire. They, they got <laughs> they got to chill with this angle. But anyway, let's move on to the rest of these awards. Uh, it's all right. It's better than last year's cuckold angle that we were talking about. Oh Jesus! Time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's an improvement. I'd rather people get set on fire. Um, next up, we have female wrestler of the year. This year, I mean, again, is there any, who, It's easy. This who else? Sasha Banks, and then the field. <laughs> like it, it can't be anyone else. Sasha, no. uh, when she came back, when they had her in the tag team title picture with Bailey, she propelled Bailey to crazy levels. Went down the NXT, faced Io Shirai, came back up the next Monday, faced Asuka. Like, she went on this tour of just having these crazy fucking matches back-to-back for, like, a month. Then won the tag titles. Then dropped that. Then feuded with Bayley. That feud ended. And she came out victorious. And then now it's champion, still crushing it. Man, her and Carmella had a banger. Yeah. I don't know. She's on Star Wars. No, she's... There's no question. And as much as I love Io Shirai, it's really been about Sasha. Even a botched feud with Bayley which I still contend was a completely botched feud, um, they they still had a fantastic match at Hell in a Cell. Yep. She, haven't, she's haven't slowed down since. Not at all. Now it's just, you got to give her that mania moment. You would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> we shall see. Um, I mean, shit, Royal Rumble. Just don't have her lose the belt. We need, we need something. Give her a sustained run. And uh, no, no one's hotter than Sasha Banks right now. Any promotion, so that's that's easy. Now we have next up match of the year. You first. Oh, okay. I mean, this is easy for me. It happened four days into the year. Hiromu Takahashi returning versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Hmm. Best match of the year happened four four days in. Ain't shit top it since. One, Takahashi came back from a broken neck and was taking direct bumps on the head like he did not, like Perk Angle at his prime. I'm like, yo, this man just wants to die. He wants to come back, have one match, and never wrestle again. And then, of course, Will Ospreay, heavyweight Will Ospreay, damn near at this time, just filling out, but still doing crazy shit. He does that dive spot out of the ring. Where Takahashi ducks, Takahashi flips him back in the ring. He runs and hits him with the dive again. Incredible. That match was, let's see, 25 minutes, and I was glued to the TV. Love that match. Match of the year. Um, I have no debate with that. It's not my match of the year. It, it's, it was actually in my short list, though. Uh, my short list is that match, um, Okada Ibushi, and then the two that sit on top of my list. And I keep going back and forth. <laughs> Abushi Suzuki at G1 because they beat the fuck out of each other. And then another match okay. where two guys beat the fuck out of each other. Walter and Dragunov. I watched that shit again. And that's a five-star match. Those that <laughs> Listen, when I first watched it, I was like, this is really good. I don't know if it's a five-star match. Then I went and watched it again, and I was like, yeah, it's a five-star match. Because I like people beating the shit out of each other. And those two beat the holy hell out of each other. If you guys notice, I really like matches that lay it in stiff. And 
Yeah. That that was as stiff as they come in WWE. Yeah. On a weekly on a weekly show. Uh, which is crazy. To me, their best match this year was on a weekly show. That's so, so wild. So but yeah, that was one hell of a match. Um I know a lot of people put up the what was the AEW gimmicky match? Which when one they Par- were the parking lot brawl? Or no, the, um... no parking lot brawl. To me, we'll get to AEW like yeah. best matches, but um, in the overall scheme of things, the stadium stampede, stampede stadium stampede that was really fun. It was fun. I, I don't know, like when you look back at it at the end of the year, it's just like, all right, like no. that's that's the equivalent of like a you know of WAP. Me putting like WAP as my best song. Like it was really dope for the moment. Then it was like, eh, all right. Like, I'm not going to go back and watch Stadium Stampede. No, it was fun for what it was, but not my match of the year. No. And then, uh, I'm not sure. People put some... Something else in AEW got five stars, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I know what it was. We'll get to it. We'll get to AEW in a second. So, but, yeah, I, I don't have any of those in it. WWE main roster had a couple of really good matches, but G1 and Wrestle Kingdom were still the top two for me this year. Yeah. Like if I'm picking a match of the year, just drop me in those two cards and I'll I'll find you one. G1's two days had like five match of the year contenders. Like they so do this every year. It's why and I expect this year to be the same. Yeah. yeah. They ruin <laughs> it for everybody. Because like exactly. the year starts you go, oh man, then you set the bar and then now you have to get over that bar. And it's almost impossible for anybody to get over that bar. That bar is so impossibly high from what they do at Wrestle Kingdom. It, and it's always like it's, it's usually like two or three matches. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Wrestle is right around the corner. Mm. Man, can't wait to see what they do this year. Uh, most improved wrestler. Yeah, you go this first. This is tough. You go first. So, my most improved wrestler this year, and. It, it was weird because... Oh, I know I who mine is. Go picked, ahead. I could have picked Roman Reigns again, right? But I, I didn't want to just double up on Roman Reigns. I felt like that that answer was kind of lazy to just pick him all over again. So I, I wanted to think outside of the box. And I landed on two wrestlers, both from NXT. In Most Improved. And, and I feel like I'm forgetting someone in AEW... Um, that I probably could have included in this. But in NXT, give me Damian Priest and Shotzi as my two most improved for this year. Yeah, Damian Priest, hands down, is my number one. Like, I had to think about it for a second. I was like, no. Because nobody, like, Punishment Martinez, who? Damian Priest this year, from the top <laughs> of the year to the end of the year. Because I think it all started at, at NXT uh, TakeOver Portland. And from that point, yep. he's just been money. So he's been the breakthrough wrestler of the year. Again, the only guy that I can think of that came from the indies and ended up being better once they landed in NXT. Usually they get like neutered a little bit. They get changed somewhat. Not him. His character has been enhanced. Ooh, I would argue Bobby Roode probably got the boost. Bobby Roode was champion in Impact, though. So it's like, it wasn't he was, like... but I think the character got a boost. Yeah, but like, yeah, it was just the entrance music, really. Like Punishment Martinez <laughs> was just a big guy in ROH. That was it. There was nothing else to him. He was just a big guy in ROH. Now he's this cool guy. He had a bottle of... What they give him a bottle of bullshit? What did Triple H get when he won the... Uh, the like tel- Brute? Yeah. Like so Brute champagne. It was like Andre Brute. Like, come on, man. Don't yeah, respect the man like that. But 
the character has has exuded a certain level of cool. His in ring has gotten so much better. He is no longer Punishment Martinez. So yeah, that's that's my guy. Oh, I thought you were gonna pick um the country dude too. Cameron Grimes? No, I've I've watched Trevor Lee when he was in PWG. Like Trevor I, Lee was really good. Yeah, he's always been good. If Punishment Martinez was literally a guy that I was like, why did NXT sign him? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was Baron Corbin 2.0. Yeah, they they really didn't have anything for him as punishment, but now pff, guy's money. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. AW has a couple of people that could have been, you know, obviously mentioned as well. Um, Will Hobbs is on my list, even though I just don't know what they're doing with him now. Yeah, it's it's. So if we're talking improvement, like that guy came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, who is this? Yeah, he's more breakthrough than improvement. Yeah, there was nothing to improve on. Right, like we don't know. He anything. came, he came out of nowhere. Yeah, so uh, but AW has some people from the category. I'm sure. Oh, I'm know. sorry. Wow, Lee Moriarty, shit, almost forgot about that guy. Wow, that's your breakthrough wrestler of the year. Really? Yes. Tied with Damian Priest. I'm not knocking Damian Priest off this thing, but Lee Moriarty. Oh my god, if you haven't watched this man wrestle yet. You told me this. When when did you see him? I, I saw it was... um. You told me, like, yo, you got to check out that match. And I watched, and he wrestled his ass. His breakthrough was the recent... Uh, what the fuck was it? The cl- oh, it was uh, GCW. Yeah, the collective. whole collective weekend. Like, yeah. he smoked everything he touched. Then I went back and tried him to... versus Leo Rush? or Him versus no, Leo. Him versus him, ACH. ACH him, yeah. man, yo... He has put together some bangers. And the reason why I say him is breakthroughs is I had no idea who the fuck this guy was before. And now, oh, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. It's light skinned guy from AEW. I really like him too. I forget his name right now. Ooh. He's uh, in Taz's crew. Oh. Ricky Starks. Yeah, Ricky Starks is great. That motherfucker. That breakthrough? Ricky Starks came through. I was like, I need, I need to watch this guy. Like, he's money. Box office on the mic. Yeah. So Ricky Starks is, is in that too. But his is mostly on the microphone. His swag is just so... he He's everything Velveteen Dream started out to be. Yeah. And they're really fucked up. Yeah. So now Ricky Starks got that smooth, cool guy, chest hair showing. Like, I really like Ricky Starks. But yeah, there's... Again, with no fans, plenty of TV time... A lot of people really jumped up. It was like, yo, I'm someone to watch. Yeah, definitely. So I, I really like that. Um, this year, last two categories for the overall wrestling, we have worst angle of the year. I put this before the best angle of the year because it's so much fun to talk about the worst angle of the year. Last year, I went back and listened. We are unanimous. It was the Rusev, Lana, Bobby Lashley, Cuckold angle. Yeah, that was... this year we have some ch- we have some debate. Oh, what is the worst angle this year? See, there's a couple. Yeah, well, last year actually we weren't unanimous. I think you picked the fiend going over, um, going over Seth Rollins. Oh, did I? The hell on this? The the bullshit? Yeah, yeah I might have. Yeah, yeah. This year there's a couple, and one of them actually comes from New Japan. Evil joining Bullet Club is one oh. of them. God, that was bad. And because I still, because now they're going with Evil Sonata at Wrestle Kingdom, and I just don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, they, they tried to, you know, shock jock us a little bit. It just didn't work. That's one of them. 
The other, see, the other one's more of a botched angle, and that's Sasha and Bailey, and that's not because of them. It's because they were. It's between them and the Bucks and FTR as a completely botched angle. That doesn't make it bad. It was just a bad way to handle something that we were anticipating for so long. But I think Evil joining the Bullet Club might. No, ah, uh, no. Stop. Stop the presses. Stop. I got my number one. This should, this, should, this should be yours too. Raw fucking underground. Oh, close. You got you got close to mine. Oh, wait, wait. What's worse you, than Raw Underground? You got, you got you got a toe towards mine. What, retribution? Retribution <laughs> is the worst <laughs> angle of the year. And it is encapsulated by boy Ricochet. And he's going down with the stink. Oof, yeah. Oh my god. Retribution started in the summer with no leader. As a faceless mob, and you're like, yo, this shit is dumb. They're just created an Antifa fucking faction, made them heels, and decided to run them on TV to go just because Black Lives Matter movement is huge right now. To placate fucking the Proud Boys of the world, you're like, this can't get any worse. Oh, would you be wrong? They made them wear stupid fucking masks when they took off the hoods. Put them with Mustafa Ali, who was behind a keyboard, that they were like, you know what? We're just throwing these two angles together. And then, no, no, you wanted to get dumber. We're giving them names like T-Bar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and whatever the fuck the other one is, Sand Slash. I don't know. Sand just start throwing Pokemon, Pokemon in there. I oh. don't know. It oh. is the worst angle this year and maybe for 10 years. It is fucking horrible. See, listeners, here's what you don't know. Kel sent me this rundown. This category wasn't on the list. So you literally just watched me workshop my way through this. (laughs) So, yes, that like, but still, Raw Underground is my number one because it was total and utter bullshit. Right. At least they scrapped it. At least they said, you know what? It's not working. Yeah, you're right. But when it came in with the dancing girls and the like, the Streets of Rage music, even though Streets of Rage has better music, um, but with that and then like, it just was terrible. It went nowhere quickly. Nowhere at all. Nowhere. So yes, Retribution. That those are one A and one B. Yeah. And even though I hated Evil joining the Bullet Club, it doesn't touch those two fucking actors. At least they got the belt off him quick. <laughs> did, did a heavy reset and G- Gato's like no this never happened oh, like no Jesus. you guys you don't remember anything about this and we're like okay let's just go into G1 that shit never happened there was no excuse for retribution in Raw Underground like even even New Japan they were like yo most of our talent is stuck they can't wrestle so we're gonna put Evil in Bullet Club because Jay White and Tomatonga and all them they're stuck they can't be in Bullet Club they tried to patchwork some shit it was still whack but there was a reason for it there was no reason for Raw Underground there was no reason why they needed to try that shit. There was absolutely no reason for retribution. None. Absolutely no reason. And that shit is that shit is boof. That shit is so bad. Like Ricochet being embroiled in this feud. And then now they won't even call him Mustafa. What do they call him now? Mustafa Ali? Musti Ali? Mustafa. Mu- yeah, Don't Mustafa. do him like that. Why can't you call the man Mustafa? Did he say Mustafa? Mustafa Ali? Now for a second, they got rid of the Mustafa, and it was just Ali. Yo. Remember that? Remember when like pe- it's just Riddle now. This man has gone from his return to being the uh, the the he was so hot the hacker guy. Then he was a hacker guy. Then he was part of uh, Apollo and Ricochet beating beefing with the Hurt Business. Then he joined Retribution. People were just like, "Well, at least he's got something to do. We're happy." And now this shit sucks. 
And poor Dijakovic, yeah. poor D.O. Madden, Shane Thorne, who gives a shit? He was going nowhere. At least anyway. their names aren't even attached to it. Mm, you're right. It's, Mustafa is Ali's name is attached to Yo, it. Yo, it's so bad that they had Mercedes Martinez in there for like two weeks, and then she, I don't know who pulled the string, was just like, send her back to NXT and let's act like this never happened. Nope. And again, once you're nameless, you're fine, because she's back in NXT, attacks Io Shirai, and we're like, okay, cool. Boy. Give her back her old character. What a fuck. Everyone man. else? Boy, that, better yeah, run that from that shit. That was bad. Poor DiJ. He looks at Keith Lee every week like, bro. We were just tearing the house down last song. It was me and you. Yeah. You're wrestling for the title next week. Yeah. I am T-Bar wrestling with Slapjack. Yikes. How how did we go so wrong? And I know Keith is just looking at him like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what's the best angle of the year? Oh, Roman Reigns everything. Roman Reigns Jey Uso is the best angle of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, all right. Fuck it. There, there's there's nothing that even comes. Out of the box. Yeah, no, nothing comes close in any company. Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, because of the storytelling, because of the backstory, Heyman's involvement, how good Roman has been. This is the angle of the year. This is the story of the year. It's the one thing that I've watched that was like, this is impressive. Because even in the Kevin Owens feud, there's still the Jay Uso thing is still lingering, and how he treats him like shit. It, it's. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's he no does. angle that comes close. He really treats him like shit every week, and then he, then he does something nice, and he's like, "All right, you could sit at the big boy table again." There's, <laughs> I I tried to go through AEW. There's not a feud. I liked Orange Cassidy and 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 Jericho. I thought that was fun, but there's nothing like Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Nothing. No, nothing at all. That shit's funny. Uh, no, no, the, the best friends. What best friends angle is probably the best payoff to an angle in AEW. Oh yeah, with the you know with, with the mom flipping the bird. Yes, that the was match. incredible. Like, that but... shit was great. But outside of that, yeah, no, nah, Roman, Roman Reigns and Jay got that. The head of the table, the tribal chief. I can't. I just really pray they don't waste this on Goldberg. At this point, just give me him for his biggie. Mm. Like if you can't get the Rock, just give me him for his biggie. <sighs> Yeah. I'll take champion versus champion. So neither of them got to lose their title. I mean, maybe we'll foreshadow a little bit, just real quick, even though this is our best of episode. I don't see, I think, I still think, this is without insider information, guys. I still think the end game is Roman versus The Rock. I think that's the only angle that they're looking at. And it was like, we have to do this. It's all contingent yeah. on The Rock. There's nothing else that makes sense. But I think in their head, because they can't get out of their own fucking way, if it ain't The Rock, it's going to be Goldberg. And I think the reason why, more than anything else, is because you could put Roman over. Against Big E, as much as we want to see that, we don't want to see Big, Big E got to lose. We don't want to see yeah, it. That's a, he got to lose, which is, again, if it's champion versus champion, because they both hold titles, I'm okay with Big E losing. Yeah, it's if just, that is their thing, because no different than Wrestle Kingdom, they do this great where fucking tore my heart out year after year, having to watch who I wanted to win lose at Wrestle Kingdom. But then they gave me a whole nother year 
and then the guy finally gets over. The only problem is Vince doesn't think like Gato. Three years. Yeah. Vince doesn't (laughs) think like Gato. So if it doesn't happen, it just may never happen because Vince just cools off on something super quick. But I I can't I can't see them right now. I think Big E would be like the third or fourth option. I I really think they want to they want to go with somebody with Roman that he can go over on and continue his ultra heel stage, which he could actually do against Big E. Right, but the problem with WrestleMania when you do that, it's really hard to main event and have a heel go over. When's the last time do you remember that the heel went over in the main event? It's tough. I mean, outside of the Seth Rollins cash in, and even that was just white hot because Seth cashing in just it popped the entire crowd. Yeah, but the heel going yeah. here's the here's the last time that I could, it's tough. But you're not going to have a ton of fans. This is still another weird WrestleMania. If true. you can do it, you can do it this year. You could. I just like the one WrestleMania where they did it and it, it closed the show. That's the other thing. It has to close the show. Roman's so big yeah. right now, he has to close the show. It's two nights, so he could close the show. If the, you don't know if they're going to do, two, if it's two, yeah, nights. if it's yeah, two nights, it's you, you can guarantee they're going to try to find a way to get fans in there this year. Yeah, but when Triple H. Won WrestleMania 2000 against The Rock, Foley, and Big Show, and the McMahon in every corner match. That that shit was met like everybody hated how it ended. Yeah. So I'm not saying that they can't do it. I just think that somebody who is currently as beloved as Big E loses the Roman Reigns, and if he loses clean, it makes it worse for a lot of people. Even though I wouldn't necessarily mind it, but I think I don't. I don't think Vince likes that idea. See, that's so weird because then you want to give Big E this edge, right? And you're you're teasing this edge with Big E and you're saying he's still too nice and Heyman's still talking about this. And Okay, now I see that glimpse. Now you're the IC champion. This is going to be the year, Big E. Then have him go with that title, with the IC title. He doesn't have to lose it. Have him work his way into there. Challenge Roman Reigns and lose. See, but- And then that fuel him to get even more of an edge that next year. I like it in theory, but I'm telling you, you should know how Vince thinks. Celebrity yeah. part-timer. Those guys main event WrestleMania. Which is fucking ridiculous. So, it, like, Roman versus, like, Roman versus Rock, like, hands down. Like, look, we all love Big E. But if, if it's The Rock, it has to be Roman Reigns. Yeah. There's no other way you can go. And that mania is huge. But it's like Vince forgot what built The Rock, Stone Cold, uh, Shawn Michaels. Like, those guys had lining against each other. In no, he classic doesn't. matches. He doesn't care. Bret Hart built them to be part-timers and, and be the guys you can bring back 20 years later. You're not building anyone to bring back 20 years from now. No, no, he doesn't care about that. He cares about having social media He's not going to be and, here 20 years from now, so he don't give a fuck. Shit, he might. I don't know what the motherfucker's taking. But the point is is that... <laughs> he, Vince, he might. He might. I'm telling you, he might outlive all of us. Um, but have thi- robot Vince. Yeah, like Vince <laughs> loves his part-timers that can get things trending on social media. And the fact that The Rock is still like the biggest actor in the world, even though in a match with Roman Reigns, he probably tears his quad, his pec, and his groin three minutes into the match. Like The Rock, mm-hmm. like against John Cena, I think, uh, did he tear his pec in that match and, and as soon as the match started? The second Cena match? And that was years ago. I don't know if he could just take yeah. those bumps against Roman Reigns, but the idea of Roman Reigns standing up for the family, oh, he's trying to be the chief, and The Rock coming in to try to stand up for the family, that is such a huge angle. It is just, it's undeniable. It'll get ESPN involved, it'll get mainstream sport, it'll get actors involved. Everybody will be involved in that match. Vince doesn't, I don't think he looks at Big E like that. 
I do think Paul Heyman does. I do think like those those talk and smack things. I yeah. do think Heyman looks at Biggie and is like, "This is a major player," but I think Vince looks at Rock, Goldberg, and then the field. Yeah, I think Vince would put Big E over at like a SummerSlam. Yeah, not at WrestleMania though. And be like, yo, you could win the title, you know, over Roman or someone at like a SummerSlam. Yeah. But WrestleMania, yeah, I think you, I agree. Where it's like WrestleMania, I need a superstar. I need, <laughs> I need to bring in Lawrence Taylor. He brought in Gronk. Yeah, he brought in fucking Gronk for nothing. And Gronk made a mockery of shit. So yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. Um, let's take our last break. When we come back. We'll just go through real quick some individual awards for each different wrestling promotion before we get out of here. And then make sure you guys listen to us later in the week because um, next week we're bringing you boxing and MMA awards. So two-part corner awards this year. Doing it like Wrestle Kingdom. So it's very fun. Right now we're going to hit the break. Stay right there. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, just that quick, we are back. And like promised, we're just doing individual breakdowns between the promotions. Sorry, Impact fans, a.k.a. Justin Ivey. Uh, Impact does not get a category this year in the Corner Awards. Maybe next year, though. We give Impact their own awards. I haven't watched enough Impact week to week this year to give them a spot. So we'll start with New Japan. Each of these have three different categories. MVP, Best Match, and Best Feud individually for each company. So, Dre, we'll start New Japan. Who is your MVP for the year? Kotobushi. 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 <laughs> I mean, the man's like... <laughs> I think he's the most talented wrestler on the planet. I don't think anybody has can do everything. And this almost includes Kenny Omega. Like, Kenny Omega's just now, like, showing what he's about to be. Again. But Kota Ibushi, he always does shit in matches. Like, he wrestles any style of match and makes that shit look good. Oh, yeah. When's the last time? showed that. Yeah, like, when's the last time you've seen Kota Ibushi in a bad match? Yeah. I can't. M- can't even call it. MVP. He's gotten some people's best matches ever. Dude. Like, Knox's best match was against Kota Bushi. That was 2010. Listen, the reason why Cedric Alexander exists in WWE right now is because of Kota Bushi. It's because of Kota Bushi. Yes, it's true. Because there was no way that after the, the CWC. That Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, there was no way that match happened without, like, if that, if that was Cedric versus, like, no disrespect to Drew Gulak, who I think is an amazing wrestler. But it was Cedric and Drew Gulak, and they had, like, a great match. People are like, all right, cool. Cedric probably wouldn't even got signed to WWE. But him and Coda destroyed everything. Nobody thought, and I like Cedric Alexander. Even, you know, Ring of Honor Cedric Alexander. But nobody expected that match out of him. 
That's Kota Ibushi. No. Now this motherfucker is in the Hurt Business. Dressed to the nines every week. Yes. It's a man. Yeah, so that's true. MVP, New Japan. I can't go against it. Kota Ibushi is that guy. Um, even without holding the belt. Like, it's weird. I've wanted this year out of Naito, right? I wanted him to be champion. He is double champ. But he's still not my MVP. And he had one hell of a run. Mm-hmm. He just... He, he's not Kota Ibushi this year. No. Kota Ibushi is, I mean, man, arguably the best wrestler on the planet. Yeah. There's like four guys on my list right now where it's like, yo, they could wrestle a mop and it'd be the most entertaining thing in the world. I think I've seen Kota Ibushi wrestle a mop. Yeah. I've seen him wrestle a dumb he, Yes. The, and it was very competitive. Listen, I think when, it be, when it's all said and done with Kota Ibushi, the only thing that's ever going to hold him back from being one of the greatest wrestlers ever that ever lived is the fact that he never was in WWE. Yeah. That's it. I mean, he's he's going to go down as like Dynamite Kid. Where, where you talk to people from the 90s, and they're like, no, the best wrestler I've ever seen was Dynamite Kid. And they're like, what? And like, if you watch them, you're like, okay, I get it. But if you're a little older, like if you were too young and you never watched Dynamite Kid, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Like you just hear his name, you're like, who is that? That's Kota Ibushi. Yeah. He's just like, no, he's he's the best. No, he's the best guy of our generation. Yeah, like... And I, like no, wait, AJ Styles? Like, okay, even Okada. No? Like the best bout machine? Like, no, Kota Ibushi is that guy. Yeah, he, he is the most talented wrestler, period. Like... Okada is going to end up being on a very short lease as one of the greatest wrestlers of all the time. Easy. Okada's just, his dominance has lasted so long. But think about this. Kota Ibushi has been this good and has never held the IWGP Heavyweight cha- Championship, which should hopefully change at Wrestle Kingdom. I was about to say, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. But the fact remains that this man has constantly delivered all kinds of matches. Like, he really showed it in G1. And I'm sitting here thinking... The motherfucker could wrestle Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and give us a six-star match. Oh, easy. Easy. MVP. You You know what's going to be fucking crazy? And we'll talk about it. Because I think our next regular show is after G1. Or, excuse me, after Wrestle Kingdom. So we'll be recapping it. So I can say this. I think he wins at Wrestle Kingdom and drops the belt the next day. Because oh. Jay White is on fire. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. On fire. So I can see Ibushi winning night one and dropping it night two. Hmm. We'll wait. We'll wait and see. Jay White damn near could have won my MVP for New Japan. Yeah, he's one of the most important wrestlers, period. The long-term booking on that. I hated Jay White winning the title. Oh, my God. I hated him <laughs> winning the title two years ago. We crushed him on the show. I hated yes. that shit. Yes. What a great job he's done. <laughs> like, the turnaround. He's, and Gato, what Gato went a little visibly man on that, though. Gato was yeah. like, yo, listen, if I believe in this guy, I got to, sorry, Okada, we've, we've been a good team, but I got to hitch my wagon to him and I got to give him star power. Yes. And he made him like corporate. And he was like, no, I'm going to latch on to you. And it worked so beautifully. So, yeah, Jay White is getting that. So best, you gave your best match, best feud of the year, New Japan, that's tough. There wasn't really a um, feud. Right? There wasn't anything. Yeah, there wasn't. It wasn't long enough to have a feud. Um, I could say what started off as the best feud, but didn't give me the payoff that I wanted was um, Naito versus Kenta. Yeah, 
that had me like Kenta just beating the shit out of him at Wrestle Kingdom, sitting cross leg on his chest. That was it. That was a moment. But the layoff, and then when they finally wrestled, actually they wrestled a month from then, and the mm-hmm. match wasn't that great. It was all right. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. It's- so it that that was like the only feud because after that it was G one, and then I guess you can. I don't know. Do we put the um, G one contract switching for the first time? Ever as a feud? I mean, you can. It's like their best angle. Yeah, I mean, you can. We've never seen that happen. The Osprey turning heel um, on Okada with a great Okan. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't oh, know. Osprey did turn I heel. I don't know. I'll just go with. Yeah, that was all right, though. Uh, Naito. Yeah. I, I, fuck it. I guess I'll go with Naito getting turned on by evil. Was it? It just wasn't a lot of wrestling. It went from <laughs> it went from Wrestle Kingdom to a hiatus to G One to the power struggle, and then here we are. So yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't enough time to build feuds and angles really throughout the year. Um, AW start off with them. AW MVP for twenty twenty. I mean. Fuck this is tough because I guess I gotta give it to Moxley. It's Moxley. It's Moxley. I didn't like a lot of his feuds though. But it was, like, yeah, I, I know, but it's just it's really not his fault. No. Right? Because he's every promo he's cut's been pretty goddamn amazing. He just hasn't yeah. had long feuds um to deliver on all these things. But regardless Moxley being the champ for as long as he was and finally dropping it to Omega. Now he's, you know, about to go have a baby or whatever. I don't know what he's about to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, paternity leave is real. Yeah, but shit. Renee just got pregnant. Um, who knows? Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, but Moxley is the glue. The only other person would be Omega. And the the reason why I say Omega is the heel turn. But that's his tag team run with Adam Page turned in some fucking great matches. So... Yeah. He's it's had better he's, than the Bucks tag team run. Yeah, but um, he's had he's had a solid, and then the way he closed out this year with this whole Impact angle, I could say he's MVP. But I think Moxley had to hold that title long enough, so when Omega took it from him as a heel, it felt like a big deal, even though it wasn't even at a pay per view. It ended up being a really good match too. So it set the stage for Omega to probably be MVP next year. All right. Yeah, I'll give Moxley the the credit this year as well. Um, like I said, if Jericho was in some interesting angles, he put some people over. Orange Cassidy now MJF. It's just it didn't have the major payoff to me. Yeah. This year for Jericho, so I don't think he'd be MVP. Um, best match, New Japan. AEW, me. Or excuse me, AEW. For me, it was Omega and Page versus the Young Bucks. I watched that match again. And that was a really fucking good match. That's my favorite match of the year. And then my second favorite is also a tag match. The best Friends in LAX. Alright. That's my match of the year in AEW. Best Friends LAX Street Fight. Yeah, that shit was incredible. Free LAX. <laughs> you really need to now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that was the best match. Um, there were some good singles matches, like you mentioned. But, I mean, Omega versus Moxley is up there. 
it it just wasn't a pay per view match. Neither was the best friends match. No street fight. Like they've done some really good stuff on Dynamite this year. So I, I have to take the street fight though. Just the ending, the way it went off. It was to me that was perfect. It was perfect short term storytelling. I was like, okay, and I just crushed the best friends like three weeks ago, three weeks before then. In which I didn't crush them. Yes, you did. I told the truth. They were the fifth best tag team on the roster. But then they delivered the best match of the year. And I was like, oh, thank you, assholes. Yeah, that's what you get. So, um, best feud. This one's easy for me. In AEW? <clears throat> yep, I'll go first. Go Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. Yes. Best feud yes. of the year. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, as long as I never have to see Eddie Kingston <laughs> in ring gear, I'll be fucking happy. Like, just, just wrestle in jeans, Tim's, and a throwback Knicks jersey. But, man, his promos were so good. Yes. they they The talking between those two, the banter, and the way they carried that few with just their mouths was incredible. My runner-up is actually uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho because <laughs> Orange Cassidy is, like, jumping over commentator ter- tables and punching Jericho in the face and Cassidy bleeding all over his T-shirt and wearing it the following week. Even though the emotion match was goofy as shit, I really enjoyed that <laughs> feud. But, yes, nothing touches Moxley and Eddie Kingston. That shit was. If it wasn't for Roman this year, that might have been my favorite feud. Yeah, I think I think that could be a good runner-up. Yeah, feud definitely, there. definitely. Um, then we have NXT coming up. MVP of NXT. This mm. also easy me. This is not Throw co- this shit out there. Easy is, is it? Adam Cole, baby. Not mine. Easy. Started started the year as champ. Every time there was an injury, he still main evented. He still carried it. He got two really, really good matches out of brand as new, um, what, Pat McAfee. And told good stories with it. Him and Keith Lee was a good match where he lost the title. Putting Keith Lee over. Man, Adam Cole, just another guy. Could wrestle him up and it'd be wildly... Wildly entertaining. Adam Cole's my MVP. Johnny Gargano's mine. Okay. Because two reasons. Johnny Wrestling doesn't have a bad match. I think we've confirmed that again this year. And he doesn't need to have the title to continue to have great matches. So even when Adam Cole was wrestling uh, Pat McAfee, Johnny Gargano was like, still, everything that Johnny does, like as a heel member... I believe at this time last year, I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this Gargano heel turn. Yep. And now it's just been excellent. The Gargano Christmas to close the year, great. <laughs> it was funny. So I think Gargano is the one guy, to me, who can never leave NXT now. Because he is truly the heart and soul of NXT. He is the yeah, one man. Like, he's the one man that babyface, heel, whatever he does, you're guaranteed to have an NXT caliber match. No matter what he does, no matter where he's out on the card, he makes a takeover. I, I think Adam Cole's incredible. I just, Gargano, he just doesn't miss. Fucking Kai doesn't miss. Yeah, again, Adam Cole had a one on one match versus Pat McAfee. Yeah. And that shit was great. No, I, like, great. I get it. I enjoy it. Um, I, I thought Adam Cole was great. It's just, my qualm isn't necessarily, it's, it's not what Adam Cole didn't do. It's that, Johnny Gargano did this across the card. Like he was, he didn't have to be in the main event to have a banger of a match. 
And I can't yeah. remember a bad Johnny Gargano match. No, that's fair. Um, NXT's best match of the year. Well, that's tough. This isn't tough for me well, because NXT includes because you're going NXT UK. <laughs> yes, I'm actually I'm I'm literally watching this match again as we were recording the show. It's been playing in the background on my monitor, and I'm like, I can't believe they had this match on regular television. <laughs> what the fuck? Like. They are beating the holy... The match starts off with Dragunov basically doing a, a, a hell of a kick to Walter as soon as the bell rings. And then it never lets Immediately. up. It never lets up. Like, <laughs> it was on site. That's what he did. Like, that's the definition of on site. The ref steps back and he's like, yo, eat this. Oh, he chopped the shit out of Walter too. God, Listen, Walter's chops are great. Dragunov chopped the shit out of Walter in that This match. dude... Like, it just ended, right? Like, I've been transfixed on this match because... Because the other thing is, Dragunov's little, but he made all of his offense so believable. Because he just... He would throw his whole body into everything. This... That's... Yeah, that's match of the year. Sorry. You people are going to go, no, man, it's only NXT. Look, if it has the, the initials in it, it counts. And this is NXT UK. And Walter and Dragunov, easily my match of the year. All right, yeah, I got to give in. That's match of the year. Um, it, it's a loophole, but it's match of the year. Um, Io Shirai, Shotzi Blackheart had one hell of a match this year. He did. I don't want to overlook that. That's in the running for match of the year. And then um, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole was really good. See, I didn't like I, I liked it. I just... Keith Lee ate a lot of those finishers. I, Keith Lee ate every finisher. That shit was Yeah, great. I liked the match. It's not, it wasn't a bad match whatsoever. I just thought that, um, honestly, I thought Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor was a better match. Damn, that was a good match, too. It was Finn Balor's best match I've seen since New Japan. Yeah. That, it's, kind, it's also kind of the other reason why I didn't give Adam Cole MVP, because he got upstaged by, by Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, I didn't get upstaged, but I mean, yeah, Kyle O'Reilly, he, he came on strong late. He's just a great wrestler. I, I have no idea. I don't know if we're going to do like a preview 2021 show. And I, I'm sure you'll do this because it's what you do. You like the fantasy book. And maybe we'll have All a show time. just fantasy book in 2021 and we can see how it turns out. But the my biggest curiosity is what happens to Kyle O'Reilly. He is too good to just be in Undisputed Era without either becoming champion or feuding with Undisputed Era. All right, I'm adding that to my notes. I'm putting that at the end of our Wrestle Kingdom preview. It'll be half or Wrestle Kingdom recap slash 2021 fantasy. Yeah, book. Um, the, the, the whole Kyle O'Reilly thing, because I don't know, like by the time we come back, we'll have the Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor, New Year's Evil match. He yeah. He's just, he's too good. He's too good. And his promo ability has, he's exponentially gotten better. And this, you know, it's yeah. really fucked up. I'm you know I'm watching this match this this Dragonov Walter match and the Kyle O'Reilly uh, Finn Balor match was number ten on the WWE's matches of the year on the WWE Network it was number ten. Dragonov even though they dropped that huh? I didn't they even know they dropped that dropped list. it over the weekend. I have to watch that. Yeah, they dropped it over okay. the weekend. So that was number ten Balor and O'Reilly. Number seven was Dragonov and Walter, or was it number eight? You know what is ahead of it, which just came on and has really upset me? Randy Orton Fiend? Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre's ambulance match. Higher Oh the, god. Uh, higher than Dragonov and Walter. Are you kidding me? You gotta be fucking kidding me. Kids. By the way, and we're coming up to WWE's matches of the year. 
And I have a surprise one to throw oh, in. Oh, God. There. You know, just I'm going to sprinkle it in I'm there. I'm scared. Um, so now we have NXT's best feud. This is tough because there were not like a lot of great long. There wasn't the Ciampa Gargano feud. There wasn't. Nope. So is is the feud of the year going to be Pat McAfee and Adam Cole? I think it is. Yes, yeah, it is. I think it is. I mean, the only other one that can really, really give that one a run for the money was the Gargano, um, what, Damian Priest and the little black dude. Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff. Yeah. Because that was funny. It was funny. It's just, but. But it didn't, it didn't have that oomph that McAfee Cole did. Yeah, McAfee. Cole going on his show and flipping shit was dope. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah, as much as Pat McAfee's a douche, he played his role. He's naturally talented, and yes, that's your feud of the year. Cannot Adam Cole, baby, he doesn't miss. Um, and then we have main roster WWE. So the MVP of WWE this come year. Come on, main roster, come on. He's my overall. The MVP. Fucking guys, let's, it was the Barry Sanders of WWE this year. He showed up, <laughs> ran for two thousand yards, and left. <laughs> the moment is crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Who's number two? Uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew Max number two. Mm-hmm. I put Sasha over Drew. Mm-mm. Drew. Drew because he be, he crushed Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in an actually pretty fun match. Okay. I mean, Sasha won her tag titles back. Yeah, I don't care. Nobody cares. Tag titles were like they made the tag titles. Okay, I'm sorry. You care. Other people care too. But Drew McIntyre, I thought, with the exception of this goddamn ambulance match that I'm looking at on my godforsaken monitor right now. <laughs> outside of that, Drew McIntyre was from the Royal. Come on, Royal. This was, if you remember, this was arguably the best Royal Rumble that they may have had in at least 15 years, and he won that shit. Oh yeah, 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 easy. So he started off hot and never Were really cool. There? Did we watch it or did we go? No, we didn't go. We didn't go, huh? Nah. Yeah, but I remember seeing that shit. I was like, it had fans. Yeah. It was it was the I don't even remember like pre pandemic, uh, after pandemic like It was January. I'm trying to remember. Was it around Super Bowl weekend? I'm pretty pretty sure I was traveling. Sounds about but I couldn't right. go to it. Actually I was traveling. I went somewhere and uh and it was the same it ended up being a... Uh, that's Sunday. Royal Rumble was Sunday. So I was try I was in some fucking city, I think. But yes, Drew McIntyre, if it wasn't for Roman Reigns, he'd be the the guy, the MVP. But no, it's Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman Reigns hands down. Uh best match. <laughs> is this guy just going to sweep the category? Yes, he is. <laughs> Him versus Jey Uso. Nope. Best nope. match. Nope. Which one? Him versus Owens. Ooh. Watch it again. Him versus Owens was really good. Watch it again. It, because Kevin Owens is why I want to say he's underutilized. But he's TLC? Yeah. That match was but that shit was stupid. Watch it again. Like watch it again with the talking. I mean Yes. Bailey Sasha Hell in the Cell was really fucked. It was good too. It was. And it it's on my list. It was like it was like when I was doing really? my short list, it was there. But then I was watching the Kevin Owens uh, Roman Reigns match like recently because TLC happened to be playing on the network again, and I was like, "Yo, 
how did this not close TLC? <laughs> That's stupid. That's so ridiculous. I mean, again, a man was set on fire. So I get it. I mean, yeah. But I don't get it. You can't, you can't set somebody on fire. You can't and, come back from yeah, that. You can't, yeah. In the middle of the show, you can't do that and expect <laughs> no, me to watch the no, movie. No, no, no. So I, I get it. No. But, man. Yeah. Go, I get it, but I don't get yeah. it. Set him on fire on Raw. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do that on a Listeners, if you haven't, go back and watch. Look, I love, like, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso was my match. Because I was thinking about this, like, last month. And I was like, oh, this is my match of the year. And then I watched the Kevin Owens match, and I was like, oh, my fucking God. Because Kevin Owens is so incredibly talented that there were several times in that match you were like, this motherfucker might win this shit. I felt that, too. I I hated, again, when we immediately reviewed it, it was so much Jey Uso interference. Yeah. I gotta go watch, go it, watch again. it again. Maybe it doesn't bother me on the go watch, Just watch Kevin Owens' work. Just like his work. Like Roman Reigns is excellent. But yo, G- Jimmy coming out? Yeah, I know. And throwing in the towel? Oh, I know. I know. Come on. I know. I- Jimmy covering his brother. And, and the I Quit match is, what, is the one I'm talking about. Yeah, but here's, here's the silly Not thing. Not even the Hell in the Cell. The I Quit match where Jimmy has to come out and lay on his brother's body. And. Now Roman's beating the shit out of Jimmy, and Jay has to say, "I quit," so he doesn't kill his brother. That's storytelling. It is. No, Ooh. I agree with you 100. percent I'm not like this is another one where if you pick that Split match, hands. I'm not. I'm not mad. But it's, you know what's also crazy? Like Roman could have been in almost five, like four of the top five matches because the Drew McIntyre Roman Reigns match, the Survivor Series, was a banger. Damn, that was good. This is a guy. Yo, Roman's hit the world. Yo, <laughs> it's four months. Right. Four months he's done more than he's done in four years. There are people right now that are listening to this show that have listened to this show since we've started. And it was like, you guys used to crush Roman Reigns. You're right. We did. Because right. Roman, <laughs> I felt like Roman as a babyface had the same matches all the time. But as a heel, there's just a completely different edge to his viciousness. Roman Reigns is a babyface. It's like, hoo spear, one, two, three. And that's like kind of like your match. It's yeah. like, come on. Here, there's this level of viciousness and this incredulous look that he continues to give people when they get up. That is like my favorite thing about Roman Reigns is if he hits you, like he hit Kevin Owens, and then Kevin was getting up, and he looks at him like, the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Stay down. Yeah, just a look of disgust. Yeah, I'm gonna, he's like, I'm like, going to <laughs> fuck you up if you keep getting up. Like, it's, it's almost like he, does, he's, he's not re- he doesn't regret what he's about to do. He, he almost is sadistic in how much he enjoys it. But it's like, you know what you're going to get, so stop getting up. And that part of Roman Reigns was always missing from his babyface character. It makes his moveset more significant. It makes his spear more significant. The guillotine being a second finisher is just as important now as a spear. Because it's like, if you can't put you away with that, the man has had nothing but bangers this year. Crazy. Damn, he really does have four of the top five. With it. Sasha and Bailey Hell in a Cell is the only one that cracks that list. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. And I'm... Listen, I... All due respect to Randy Orton and fucking Edge, because that best match ever thing was actually a good match. Yeah, it just wasn't the best match ever. No, which they completely shit the bed by naming it that. Yes. But that was a really good match. But Roman just obliterated it out of the category. Damn, he has four of the five best matches. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And then the last category would be best feud, and that's just Come irrelevant. on, man. Like, it's Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. It's, it's not even close. That's it's not even close. The second best feud is Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. Yes. There is, there, 
I mean, Edge and Randy Orton had a really good feud. Their promo work was incredible going to those matches. Yes. I like this Randy Orton uh, fiend feud. A I don't. Bit. If if you take me out of the ring, <laughs> I like I I like a babyface fiend. They're giving him some depth. Yeah, no, I don't like it at all. But we're not talking about the fiend and Randy Orton right now. Um, the only like there's other feuds that were really good this year, right? Then there was a few that there was one feud that almost made my list, and it's really strange because I'm gonna bring this up now because I, I what this whole Buddy Murphy, Rey Mysterio, this this shit was almost on my like worst angle thing because it was so bad. It makes no sense. Buddy Murphy's dating a 19 year old. Seth Rollins left. Now no one knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Like. Ugh. But and Seth was really good with his character with Buddy and the father. Right, it, just, it lasted so long that it just fell apart. Oh man, that almost got worse feud because of the eye for an eye match. Oh yeah, I forgot that was this Jesus. Year. That was just a dumb match. It was so stupid, and it, and Seth has been so good, and they gave him that shit. He's like, uh, I know he was like, I can't wait for Becky to pop out this baby because I need a break. Yeah, I'm out of here. I need a reset, hard reset again. Right. <laughs> Yeah, oh man. That was yeah, that was a poor angle for Seth. So yeah, now Roman Reigns sweeps WWE main roster <laughs> awards for us. It was a crazy twenty twenty. Um we got some entertainment out of it thanks to pro wrestling and under combat sports. Hopefully looking forward to a better twenty twenty one. We appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. It has been great. We look forward to a bigger and better twenty twenty one. Make sure you guys still take care of yourself. Stay healthy. Stay Rona-free. Again, we need to make it to the point where we can all hang out and do hood rat shit with our friends. So make sure that we can get there. Anything you got to do, stay inside, wear your mask, whatever it is. Let's all stay together. Let's all stay healthy. We appreciate you. This is only part one of the Corner Awards for 2020. Make sure you guys check out part two, which is boxing, MMA. That's going to be really fun. We'll throw in a little more music talk as well. We appreciate you guys. Follow us on Twitter at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Hell Dansby, him on Dres Hell, all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes podcast, on adfreenetworks.com. Shout out to Conrad. Shout out to everyone over there. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network here. We appreciate everyone for the support. Looking forward to 2021. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.